TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Written in red by T.L. Dornstar. Volume 2, Rogue Cannon. Chapter 4, and Rescue. The SVC Compliance, the flagship of the Star Corps fleet, boasted the kind of unimaginative design that was consistent with the majority of Council vessels, albeit on a much larger scale. She was flat at the top, with a kilometre-long flight deck that stretched out into a protruding bulbous bow. Located at the centre of the expanse was the main bridge, domed in reinforced smoked plasglass, allowing the senior administrative staff a floor-to-ceiling 360-degree view of the void surrounding the vessel. The lower decks receded in a deep wedge shape that cut through space in some ancient nautical hangover. At her stern was a bank of hexagonal repulsor jets arranged in a mathematically precise honeycomb pattern. But the technical specifications of his ship were far from the thoughts of Administrator Darren as he stepped out into the command center and heard the automated computerized announcement inform the bridge team of his arrival. He took a long, deep sniff and ruminated in the thick, sweet aroma of his own authority. He nodded to the nearest junior intern officer, Jenny or Janine or Janet or Jessica or something like that. Probably the niece or daughter of some high-ranking council payroll manager, he guessed. Good morning, cadet. Uh, he glanced at his wristbound communicator and data pod. Trilobite. I trust everything is proceeding as planned. The sweaty young woman shuffled uncomfortably under the administrator's piercing gaze, adjusted her silver-grade internship sash, and straightened the level 7 completion tricorn hat atop her head before almost immediately whacking it into a jaunty angle thanks to a speedy, lopsided salute. Yes, sir. Our system's operating with moderate to low efficiency, sir. Excellent. Just the way the council likes it. Now, straighten that headgear and carry on, my dear. He smiled at his unintentional rhyme, and Cadet Trilobite lifted her elongated arms to her elongated head, and with the delicate deployment of her six digits, two fingers and a thumb on each hand, deftly balanced the standard-issue hat between the ring of protruding horns that circled the crown of her skull. As he watched the procedure, the administrator felt the vague uncomfortableness that always accompanied his dealings with the young Halakazaria. Not that he had anything against non-humans serving in Starcore, of course, since the obligatory training day he'd been forced to attend when Chairman Vasenko had announced the historic measure two Chrono Quadrants ago, it was just, well, you know, levels of hygiene did tend to differ among the species. In any scenario, he preferred to keep his interactions with his crew to a minimum, regardless of planet of origin. He counted down the seconds until the encounter officially fulfilled his mandatory staff engagement quota for the day, gave the junior crewman a curt nod, and strode away 
with the rod straight back and a puffed out chest of a Golkian robin snake towards his top of the line ergonomic adjustable height workstation. Once he was out of eye shot of the young alien, which was no mean feat considering the size and number of them that she possessed, he stealthily reached into his hermetically sealed emergency sanitizer pouch, which was cunningly concealed by the tasteful gold fringing of his right lapel, and gave his hands and face a quick once over. Ablutions completed, he settled down into his genuine Jix Beast Skin Mesh Quadriflex Pump Operation Ergo Sapien High-Backed Tactical Seating Unit and activated the crossword subroutine via the arm-based touch panels. Darrand was determined to not let his recent failure to secure the target on Garland Minor put him off a particularly insidious little cryptic number he'd been working on for Excuse a few me, solar sir. weeks. As he tapped away at the screen with his newly germ-free fingers, he heard the sharp, weedy voice of Helmsman One threatening to pierce the delicate latex skin of his carefully inflated balloon of concentration. He covered the muffled attempts to gain his attention by muttering aloud some of the more challenging clues. Fourteen across, eleven four. Ancient door-opening apparatus affecting greater importance or merit than it actually possesses. Hmm. A deep, gruff voice shouted across the command center. Darren leapt to his feet. Who said that? Fourteen across, sir, replied helmsman number two. Pretentious knob. Ah, yes. So it is. Thank you, helmsman. Uh... He looked down at his data pod before remembering that he'd forgotten to input the navigator's information into his personal database when he'd come on board ten cycles ago. It was too late to ask now, so he just left the sentence unfinished and turned to the other long-serving officer, whose name he'd also never quite learned. The administrator looked at the skinny human with a smile faker than the artificial moon of Tungik-14. Something I can do for you, young sailor? Helmsman 1 snapped a textbook salute and looked sheepishly at his commanding officer and direct line manager. Excuse me, Administrator Darren, sir, it's just, uh, uh, Well, spit it out, man. Uh, just a couple of things, sir. The quartermaster's inventory was missing a pair of retro chrono grenades and a, and a long-range snipe phase rifle. I trust you initiated the necessary disciplinary procedures. Yes, sir. He's been booked on a two-week course. Very good. And, uh, the chairman's been on the uh, long-range communicator and oh, she'd like to know why we haven't completed our QN46C quarterly navigation report, sir. And I presume you informed her that compliance is operating under special assignment regulations and therefore exempt from QN46C evaluations. I, I did indeed, sir. Excellent. Then we are, as the name of the vessel suggests, compliant. Now kindly fuck off back to your station, Mr. Uh, apologies, sir, but uh, the chairman did inform me that she just chaired a meeting where the committee voted to amend the current legislation and revoke special operation exemption. Darren froze. The committee only met twice a cycle, and the next sitting wasn't scheduled until two quadrants from now. If the chairman had called an emergency session specifically to vote on QN46C exemptions, that could mean only one thing. She wanted compliance navigation records. She was onto him, or at least suspected he was up to something. A spike of panic shut up Darren's spine, but his exterior remained as calm and collected as the complete trading card set featuring glossy high-quality images of the galaxy's greatest spas. He raised an eyebrow to Helmsman 1 and nodded slowly. Ah, I see, he said in an overcompensatingly relaxed manner. Then I shall inform the chairman personally that we should be sending over our QN46C data package presently. Uh, 
That's not the usual procedure, sir. It'll have to be approved by the data team and ratified by the security ombudsman. After that, Beth and accounting will need Don't to... Don't you dare quote procedure to me, boy! I was filing SC-97s before you knew your on-ship activity request forms from your mother's tit. Now, I have just told you that I shall deal with this matter myself, and that is exactly what I intend to do. Get back to your station before I log this insubordination in your probation evaluation. The admonished helmsman shuffled away with his tail between his legs. Not literally, the operation that the bridge crew had had a whip round for had been a complete success, and sat back down at the portside controls of the flagship vessel. The dressing down had bought him the silence of the crew, even though they all knew that direct submissions of any official reports to the chairman without prior approval from the semi-permanent under-deputy and a panel of independent cabinet advisory androids was a capital offence. Damn that woman. She's getting far too clever in her old age, he grumbled in his head. He needed to move quickly now if his plan was to succeed. He still had enough damning information on top-place council members to force a few strings to be pulled at Starcore HQ, but his supply was rapidly diminishing, having spent a good chunk of the dirt to secure the freedom of special assignment regulations of which that witch had just stripped him of. Looked like he'd have to resort to Plan B. As much as he hated to admit it, it was his only option. He'd need to bring in... Excuse me, Administrator Darren? The Administrator looked at the underling with a glare. By rights, the jumped-up little spot should have been quivering in his highly polished boots, but the skinny little toe-rag answered his withering glance with a level of professionalism that would have been admirable if it wasn't so irritating. We're receiving an emergency EUSRP request, sir. An EUSRP? Check your systems, helmsman. That antiquated transmit code has been out of operation for cycles. We haven't had one of those since... Sir? Never mind. What is the associated registration number? CK4283, sir. According to our database, that number was registered to an agent's Phobos. So a Calaxian, a Tolivian, and a Zarkian walk onto a nude beach. And then the, the Tolivian says to the Zarkian, Hey, is that a sea urchin? Or are you just pleased to see me? <laughs> God, this is going great. She's laughing at all my racist jokes. The Nurgle juice is flowing. Oh, I'm so glad I took that stuff that guy behind the bins gave me. I'm feeling great. I think, I think I'm going to make the move. Stop. This dickhead's taking crank weasel. Right now, he thinks he's Billy Big Bollocks. But that's just the junk he shoved right up his ass talking. So let's have a listen to what's really going on. Sir, 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 get off. sir, I'm just sir, 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 Paid for by the subcommittee to re-elect Chairman Helen Masenko. What's up, space junkies? It's me, your boy, Bricks Wildlife. The bubblegum soundtrack attack on your soul, keeping your boots square in place. Taking pop to white hot, a hubba bubba half-life that'll outlast your final phase blast. Because darling, when you're having this much of a blast, it's never a phase. 
You're dialed into the show you never saw coming. The show so, so underground, so unpredictable, so unexpected that a poll of listeners last year revealed that six out of eight of you only got here by hitting the wrong button on your ship's intercom. This is Space Pirate Radio. Space Pirate Radio is not a paying participant of the Space Pirates Union, the Captain's Association, or in fact affiliated with Space Pirates or Space Piracy of any kind. Space Pirate Radio operates with a full and up-to-date license to broadcast. Plasmo Darren had never been a man of the gods. While the Church's strict doctrine and ruthless implementation of rules and complex bureaucracy had always appealed to him, he found the holy books, tapestries and reverse side of fag packets on which the galaxy's multitude of faiths were based, sorely lacking in coherent actionable objectives and thorough documentation of their developmental stages. But there were moments when his non-belief in the higher powers was tested, and this was one of those moments. The astronomically unlikely event of him being contacted by the very woman he was just moments earlier ruefully concluding that he himself needed to contact was so contrived as to be ridiculous and unbelievable. Well, I am not one to look a complimentary equine in the oral cavity, he said, certain in the knowledge that his crew would be impressed with his knowledge of horse anatomy, but completely unaware of the fact that it made no sense outside of his internal context. Set a course for the source of the transmission at maximum uberspace velocity. Helmsman number two leaned over and whispered under his breath to Helmsman number one. Who's going to tell him that that's not how uberspace works? What was that, Helmsman? Uh, nothing, sir. Uh, lately the course now. Why don't you get back to your crossword and I'll let you know when we arrive. Capital idea, crewman, Darren said happily, and he swiped the touch panel of his armrest as the bridge rang with the smell of church bells and filled with the sound of mouldy quadberries. The glowing, bluey-greenish orb of Garland Minor vanished behind them as the plasglass dome became engulfed with trails of lurid colour that preceded Compliance's blast into the uberspace vortex. But the dazzling cosmic experience was lost on the administrator, as he was already muttering aloud to himself his latest confounding clue. Seventeen down, eight four, female genitalia, slang, with an exaggerated sense of importance and ability. Hmm. Arrogant twat. I beg your pardon? Um, 17 down, sir. Arrogant twat. The vast star cruiser blasted forth from uberspace and cast an ominous shadow over the remains of the disintegrating freight hauler. The powerful lights that lined the curve of the bulbous bow of compliance glinted off the minuscule flecks of metal that had once belonged to the hulking black ship beneath her. Cadet Trilobite, triangulate the broadcast point and run it through the visual indication matrix. Let's make sure we're not being led on a wild gas scale chase here. Yes, sir. The young alien said with a salute that once again compromised her hat placement. And your scanner now, sir. Darren looked over at the curved scanner that dominated much of his desk and through the debris, he could just make out a floating mass of red tendrils pouring out of a poorly calibrated helmet and an even poorer quality EVA suit that looked like it hadn't been washed in quadrants. He felt the slight stab of nausea threaten to overwhelm him. Looks like we got here just in time. 
A few starmans later, and we'd all be filling out D.O. Alphas right now. A lackluster <laughs> wave of giggles trickled through the bridge team. Shall I power up the transbeam, sir? And <laughs> bring all that floating back in here. I should think not, cadet. Now let's yank her in with a tight-focus grav beam and stick her in the decontamination chamber. Helmsman, I trust you'll complete all the necessary paperwork. Aye, aye, admin. Excuse me? Distrator. Administrator. There we are. A little accuracy never hurt anybody now, did it? He sneered, smarm levels reaching critical mass. I shall await our guest in my office. Send her up once she's been thoroughly sanitized. He flounced off as the automated computer announcement heralded his departure and the assembled crew breathed a sigh of relief and slumped into their respective seating units. Right, you heard his lordship. Get that transbeam locked on and set the target destination as Administrator Darren's office. But uh, our orders were... How long have you been serving on compliance, kid? Two quadrants, sir. Right. Well, I've been on this boat for ten cycles, and that poncy bastard doesn't even know my name. I'd have blasted me brains out ages ago if I didn't find little ways of making me shift interesting. Now get that beam powered up. This one's gonna be a classic. Oh, and enable audio monitor in his office. We've got a pool going to see if he chucks up. Ten Phipps says that it's a dry sheaf. <laughs> oh, I like this one. Laughed helmsman number two as he slapped the extremely uncomfortable helmsman number one on the back. But I'll take that, mate. And I'll be taking your money and all. As the administrator activated the door opening panel that controlled the opening of the thoroughly lubricated sliding doors that opened out onto the expansive wood paneled room, he felt something small and sticky tapping at his skinny shins with the relentless rhythmic intensity of an excited robot dog, and he looked down to see that was because it was one. The disgusting little monster had smeared oil, lubricant and several other unidentifiable fluids all up the front of his pristine uniform trousers, and he was in the process of clamping his mangy jaws around the highly polished yellow PVC of his left boot. The administrator quickly drew his sidearm and aimed it at his canine attacker. But before he could fire, the dogbot leapt up and grabbed the antique Laslock pistol from his quivering hand and scarpered away with it behind a nearby bookcase. I hope you don't mind, came a familiar voice from inside the room. I dismantled whatever that thing was to fix his leg. Darren looked up and saw the figure of a woman sprawled across his genuine leather swivel chair. Her bare feet plonked onto his genuine oak desk and the dirty detritus of a hastily removed spacesuit scattered all over the genuine parquet flooring. She was motioning to a pile of twisted metal and plastic crumpled into the corner next to the vintage Welsh dresser. That thing was an original 20th century trouser press! <gasps> really? What's that? The administrator took a deep breath, and his mind desperately sought to regain control over his churning stomach. The stench was causing his gag reflex to work overtime, and he retched dryly as he stepped into the office. (laughs) With even a cursory glance, he could see that flecks of rusting metal had worked themselves irretrievably deep into the deep pile of his genuine earth sheepskin rug. The mere thought of the record-breaking clean-up procedure that would have to follow this invasion simultaneously filled him with ennui and intense sexual excitement. The woman spun around in the chair and fumbled the dismount as she stood and then perched herself on the end of the desk. It's all yours, Darren. 
Saving you from the void of space is becoming a bit of a bad habit of mine, Agent Phobos. Can the agent talk, buddy boy? I don't work for you anymore, remember? I have a feeling that might change once you've heard my little proposition. Come on, Rivets. We're out of here. Need I remind you that you were the one who contacted me? You know, I really thought seeing your smug face again would only be a little bit worse than suffocating to death in deep space. But I guess even I'm wrong sometimes. Carl Darkcruiser is alive. And I need your help to find him. The Carl Darkcruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. The voice of Administrator Darren, Helmsman Number 1, Helmsman Number 2, and Cadet Trilobite was T.L. Dawnstar, and Felicity Phobos was Theodora C. Sinclair. Get in touch via electronic mail using the email address tldawnstar at gmail.com or via Twitter at TL underscore Dawnstar. Rate, review, and tell your friends and enemies. Next chapter, Retail Renegade.